0: Well, if you're struggling in your marriage or you need just some tips on how to keep your marriage strong, then this is the show for you to watch on your store with Melinda, because I have Kevin and Wendy Pauls, both TV hosts. Kevin is a gospel singer and songwriter, and Wendy is a life coach, and they're here to help me in my own marriage and to help you as they share some of the tips that have helped them in their marriage, how they have uh, raised kids, they're empty nesters, they're a Nana and Papa now, and what it takes uh, to have a strong marriage and you'll be surprised about what they say and the discussions that we have but one of the things they do say is that faith is critical important to last the 30 years. Wendy Paul, so great to have you here in the studio. Welcome. Thank you. Are you ready? (laughs) I know. We think we're ready. I I hope so.
1: It does scare me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Because when
0: you talk about love and marriage and kids and being together for such a long time as you guys have. Mm -hmm. I know that this is, there's going to be a stuff that comes up. And so I think this is going to be a great conversation. So
1: this is a therapy session is Yes, what you're it is. Saying. Actually, it's an intervention. I, I brought you I here for the
0: guys in a podcast. Wow. <laughs>
1: I had no idea. I didn't see this coming at all.
0: Well, I think it's, it's good timing to talk about this. I think, you know, Chris and I have a, just a few years under our belt. So really, I've actually selfishly brought you here so I can learn from you. Because you are approaching... Your thirtieth anniversary, mm-hmm. and in Canada, uh, Stats Canada said forty percent of marriages in Canada will not make it to their thirtieth anniversary. So
1: wow, well we've how got you to feel do, about that? we have a, we have a very short window to make sure we we make that stat.
0: I know, and in Census Canada too, one of the stats they say that in the last two decades, five million people, five million Canadians, have separated or divorced. Mm-hmm. Those are huge numbers. How do you guys feel about that? As you're sitting where you are in your marriage, almost 30 years, how do you feel about those numbers?
1: Well, I, th- I think most of the couples that we grew up in the church around, I mean, we were from the church, we've been in the church, we've lived in the church, mm-hmm. and a lot of our friends had done the same. And we're one of the few couples left that have, have gone through unscathed. And I, th- I, I wouldn't think say unscathed. W- <laughs> well, that's well, that's yeah. the the honesty <laughs> yeah. part that will. Yeah. That's okay. what's going to be happening. No, no, that's <laughs> it is it is it is sad when you see the number of our friends and the number of people that we know right. that are no longer together. That that just life kind of took over and and things happen and and we feel very very fortunate yeah. to be coming up to 30 years saying you know like we've made it through some of the junk yeah and, and there is junk whether it's a good marriage or not and we've always thought we've had a pretty good marriage and we've had a lot of junk yeah and so we feel very fortunate
0: yeah that's good you know when you have a coach you know you must be confronted with people who have lots of issues and even in the context of. Potentially, you know, marriage or relationship and whatnot. When you hear those statistics, you know, what do you think has happened? I mean, that's a lot of people, and that's a, you know, that doesn't include the kids and the aftermath of all of the other stuff that the ripple effects, right? I know, I know. Um, it's it's
2: sad. It's it's really sad because it does impact not just the couple, mm-hmm. but so many other people. It impacts even friends. I mean, for yes. us, yeah. having some of our very dear friends go through divorce. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you do with that? Especially if you're used to gathering in, you know, g- groups, groups of people, yep. and suddenly the group dynamic is different mm-hmm. because you're no longer, you know, getting together with the with the same people. And then people will say, "Well, do you take sides?" Well, no, you don't intentionally take sides. Right. But what do you do when you're going to have a gathering with the people you normally gather with, and you can't have them yeah, both that's there? Big. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really tricky. And you know, we have family members that have gone through it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's very sad, I, I really feel for people that mm-hmm. are either divorced or just in really challenging relationships. Yeah.
0: When you hear that 40% of Canadians don't make it to the 30th anniversary and you're coming up to that, <laughs> does that give you pause to kind of go, whoa, like we're, you know, we're not the norm You know, in our nation. Right. We're kind of standing here like we're not the norm. How do you feel? What what comes to mind with that?
1: I feel very, very grateful.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Because, I mean, let's be honest. There's many times and many reasons she could have kicked me to the curb. Mm -hmm. I probably would have. (laughs) And to to have made it through so many tough situations, through kids, through a lot of financial trouble, through a lot of craziness in life, to think that we've gotten to this point, and we've laughed the other day, we're coming up to our 30th anniversary, and... I said, we still seem to like each other. So I I do. I've this incredible sense of gratefulness because I've seen what separation and divorce, I've seen the ripple effects of that. And we've been able to stay together. And I am grateful.
2: I think one of the things that surprises me, or did surprise me, that I better understand now, when I was younger, and I would hear about couples um, separating or divorcing at you know after 25 or you know 30 years, it made no sense to me. Mm-hmm. I thought seriously, like you can get by uh, yeah. all that time, and then suddenly you're you're reaching that amount of time, and you can't like hang in there a little bit longer. Like that's the way that mm-hmm. I think of it, yeah, for sure. Now I can see, um, understand I guess, some things that I didn't understand then, that there's different phases in marriage. There's kind of you know pre-kids, if, if you choose mm-hmm. to have kids. There's the raising kids, and then there's the once the kids leave. And I think that's a really tough time mm-hmm. for a lot of yeah. people. Uh, some close friends of ours as well really invested in those child rearing years mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and then when the kids are gone if they haven't kind of invested yeah. specifically in their relationship during those years, mm-hmm. the kids leave and they don't even kind of know each other anymore Right? they, they don't necessarily have shared interests they don't, they don't kind of know what to do in that mm-hmm. phase of life and so I kind of get it now why that can be a point it's actually a for really good stress. point
0: because you, you're all in with the kids, so you yeah. always have kind of that buffer or that focus. Yeah, a and you're not purpose. yeah a shared purpose, and then yeah. you're not really investing into the relationship. That's right. So for you, because let's talk about the seasons. That's a good point. So you have your seasons because you have three children, mm-hmm. beautiful children, and you have a grandbaby. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so that's amazing. You're and another one young. coming. And I another mean, one coming. Way too young to be. Is it Nana and Papa? What? Yeah, Nana and Papa. Yeah, oh, it is Nana yeah, and Papa. Yeah, it is. Okay, yeah, yeah. good, good. Yeah. So let's talk about those 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 three. Most seasons or, or whatnot. Now again, everybody sort of gets married at different times. So for your experience, we'll talk about that because I think for our viewers and listeners that will be important because some people are in the first season, mm-hmm. then they are in the sort of the second and then third. So I think you can speak to that. So let's start with the first season. So you you meet, um, you get married and job, kids, and how did that? How was that first season with you guys? And how, and what worked for
1: you? It was season? it was funny. We when we got married, we. I, I don't know if it was your dad or some other counselor had said to us every box you could tick off for stress we did in the first two weeks <laughs> so we, we quit our jobs we got married we moved away from home down to uh, down to Florida and we went to school and we were separated from family all of this at one wow. and it was the yeah. best year we've ever had in our <laughs> lives
0: they, oh wow okay <laughs> I
1: don't know what that says <laughs> uh, but it is the truth yeah. but we, when we came back, we we didn't hit a lot of huge bumps in the road. It seemed to be fairly smooth. The bumps are gradual hmm. I, I, from my perspective. I look back and I go, what snowballed down the road for us would have been very difficult. I wasn't as self-aware at the beginning hmm. to see some of the steps that I was putting in place that could eventually be a roadblock in our marriage and and what i found has been we've always had a very good relationship I didn't realize it could be great until recently Mm. I hid so much stuff because I was the guy I was the man I was supposed to be fixing everything and Mm. gradually when you're making a lot of money and fixing fixing things you can feel like you're the uh, the guy on the on the white horse saving the day Mm. but gradually um, more and more things started falling by the wayside but I always felt I could plug that hole I could fix the situation Mm. and what I ended up Finding was a situation I couldn't fix. And so I started hiding it from her. I didn't want her to know. I didn't want the kids to worry. I didn't want my wife to worry. I can fix this. And the problem just kept mounting. And for us, it was 90% of what I'm talking about was financial. But it's amazing the ripple effects of hiding something. Now I'm not sleeping. Now I'm trying to be the man and and realizing everything is crumbling and I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting for someone to find out what a fraud I was. And that was this underlying thing. So it was good, but I never allowed it to get great because I was waiting for the rug to, because if she ever knew. Knew what I really was like. She might
0: reject 100%. you, or she might not.
1: One hundred percent. Who right. would want what right. I was doing? Yeah. And so that fear and that that was a, a gradual thing. This isn't something you wake up and go, "Now I'm going to hide it." Right. It they was this proud. gradual thing that I was not quite yeah. all in. Yeah. And she didn't really know.
0: What's going on at this time? when he's doing? How are you feeling? What's going on with you? Um.
2: I don't know when I first, I mean, because I didn't know about some of the, mm-hmm. you know, him trying to keep some of the financial stress, mm-hmm. you know, away from me. So I wasn't aware of it at that time. But there's certainly, you know, financial difficulties have appeared In every, like, if we wanted to count the three sort of stages, like in every stage, Mm -hmm. different forms, Mm -hmm. and we've overcome, you know, maybe in in one phase, but then some of those patterns or kind of root issues, if you don't get to the bottom of them, just keep resurfacing. So it's interesting, I'm, I'm jumping a little bit, but one of them that we just discovered recently, this is hilarious, like I think it's hilarious that you learn something about <laughs> you, you know yourself or your relationship yeah. at this stage. I'm like, what? Like it took yeah. us like 29 we're years to there. Yeah. We're not quick,
0: we're not
2: quick. And it has to do with the, the relationship yeah. with money. We have very different relationship with money. Yeah. Like Kevin uh, is not risk averse, I'm risk averse. Mm-hmm. I don't like debt. I am more fearful when it comes to money. He's comfortable spending. Yeah. And so that's been a tension point, yeah. obviously, throughout our marriage. That doesn't go away because mm-hmm. we just still approach it differently. But what we were doing when there was financial difficulty is Kevin would want to try to, you know, calm me, appease me, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So he would minimize the problem. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, oh, it's fine. Whatever it is, yeah. right? Well, that was fine. It, made but it worse yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like... He's not taking this seriously. I have to like ramp up my worry. Do you know what I mean? Like, I actually worried more because of him seeming to not worry or seem to not be concerned about it. Interesting. And then Mm -hmm. I would re overreact, and that would so we got this cycle kind of going, and
1: that would cause me to not want to let her know. That's right. So that then I don't have to pretend it's honestly
2: cycle the cycle of that. eh? It was like I had just. put our finger on that like within the last year that we were doing that in communication and I said I need you to show me that you're concerned (laughs) you know and I won't act as you know crazy we're I'll bring mine down but I need you to bring yours up and we can kind of meet in the middle that's
0: incredible you know that they say like in marriage you know the number one two three you know finances Mm -hmm. the biggest issue is communication right how we communicate how we argue Mm -hmm. and then you know third can be you know kids slash sex or that right but finance is always in the top three
1: mm-hmm. and you know the one thing though <laughs> once once that finance is an wow. issue it's a cloud that doesn't allow you to see the kids the same way it doesn't mm-hmm. allow you to see your spouse sexually in the same way anymore or even just emotionally and, and relationally mm-hmm. nothing looks the same when the cloud of finances is over your head mm-hmm. especially when you're the one hiding and now I feel bad badly Mm-hmm. Figure she would correct it. Yeah. She'd look at it later and say, <laughs> yeah. Did you hear what you said? <laughs> but when you're the one hiding and she's now starting to figure that out mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you have this huge explosion and you're trying to figure out, now what do I do? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, the one thing that if I could could reach out and grab the necks of most of my guy friends and other people out there to say, the second you realize you can't do it on your own and you don't want to do it on your own, that you need a partner, everything else changes. Mm -hmm. Because I no longer go to bed at night hoping she doesn't open mail. Or hoping that she doesn't find out about this. Or I don't have to go. The, the amount of creativity I had to create the, the, um, the facade in my head, I could have been using in my business. But I didn't. I used all my creativity to figure out how to rob from Peter, to pay Paul, to make sure she didn't know. And, and it got tiresome. And I lost five or ten years that we could have been working on a relationship instead I was working on trying to figure out ways to keep it afloat and and that's from somebody that had a good marriage
0: imagine if someone who didn't have understanding or a good foundation right
1: is well, it if it she wasn't who that? she was, yeah. I know it wouldn't have lasted. Yeah. And so I, I start to, A, I have more empathy.
0: Mm.
1: I totally get it. But I really want to call, especially Meno, because I can't relate to what you must be feeling. But on mine, stop trying to be the, the be all and end all, the fixer of all things. Mm. Be the man that you need to be with your partner.
0: That's good. Good advice. You know? what would you say to that, you know, advice for women, because, you know, there's probably a number of women who have just found out something. It could be financial. It could be another relationship outside of the marriage. It could be all kinds of addictions that, you know, a husband has hidden from her or she's had to, you know, um, sort of witness or experience the time. What, what would be your advice um. for, for that woman? Um... I have some examples from
2: sort of some smaller issues. Yeah. Those, those that you mentioned are pretty yeah. big issues, but some of it, you know, mm. may apply. I recently wrote about, on, on my blog, about some of the ongoing, um, like some resentment that I had yeah. well into our marriage over some small silly things. Mm. So I think, though, you could apply this yeah. to some bigger things. So the small silly things were, Kevin doesn't think about uh, changing the furnace filter, Okay, mm-hmm. so literally, I think if we were in the same home, we would have the same furnace filter on our house yes. for thirty years. Like, yes. you I,
1: I like them. I get comfortable <laughs> with yeah. them. Um, so high. that was
2: one. Um, water softener salt, like he just—it never crosses his mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how you grow up impacts your expectations. So I grew up in a home where my dad took care of all that stuff. Yes. So you get married, you assume. Yes. That your your partner's gonna take care of those no, things. You don't think about it. Like it's not like if you asked me, will he yeah. take care of these things? It's just sort of this varied assumption. Mm-hmm. So what happened over time is I would I was building in resentment around these things and other things. Mm-hmm. Because when you start to think about something, I find thoughts are mm-hmm. magnetic, okay. you know, and they bring other negative thoughts to mind. So there were times where and he would sense it. He might come home from work and I'm like Frustrated and angry with him, and he hasn't really done anything. I've just been building a case of all these frustrations in my head.
1: Mm -hmm. At least I was on her mind. Yeah. Wait a minute. You can see how this
2: works. (laughs) (laughs) So I I, I remember exactly when, probably actually, maybe even after I started coaching. To be honest, when I started to recognize that you, you know, you choose what you focus on. So I started to, I asked myself the question one day, you know, do you love Kevin? Is he a good husband? Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely he's a good husband. He is incredibly affirming, he's supportive, he's a great dad, he's affectionate. So I thought, yeah, I totally agree with that. I'm just having this conversation mm-hmm. with myself, right? And then I, I asked myself, okay, so if nothing changed, are you willing mm-hmm. to you know, change the furnace filter and buy water, softener yourself. Or even ask him to, because he wasn't, it wasn't that he was unwilling to, it was just one of those things that it would never cross his mind. And you assume
0: that he would just do that because he would know. Of course, Mm. right, because why am I remembering? Right. Like, I remember that it needs to be changed. (laughs)
1: I'm really not that bright, (laughs) I don't know why she thought
0: that. (laughs) Why
2: shouldn't you That's why I was so frustrated, right? Mm. If I can remember, why can't he? Mm. So I recognize this and I say, okay, could you, if nothing changed, like live like that and just either remind him to get it or just do it? Right. and I thought, well, yeah, I, mean, of course I could. it's not that big of a deal, mm-hmm. this particular thing. So of course I could. And I realized that if I chose to focus more on all of the qualities, the things that I loved about him, mm-hmm. that was so beneficial for me, like I felt better about him, which then impacted yeah. our relationship more positively. So I'm not talking about
0: around bigger issues, yeah. either like sticking your head in right. the sand. That's not what I'm referring yeah. to. But but those are transferable, Wendy, right? yeah, because I think, I think so. that if you do not, I think that's good. It's, again, it's this it's this reframing, changing of, okay, we could look at all the negative mm-hmm. or we can look at the positive and then what are the things we can live with? Yeah. If it's character issues, then those are things that n- need to be you know worked out. Yeah. But if it is mm-hmm. things like tasks with the assumption that, He should do it because my dad did it right yeah i think we can we can live with that exactly Mm -hmm. you know exactly what about um so communication um i think that's great i love what you said kevin about telling guys about you know you're not the fixer you can't do this on your own because then you'll be hiding and creating this facade and when you're talking about you know this this building up of resentment and then stopping and, and saying wait a second let me look at the good qualities what about what about faith because I know you guys are people that, you know, follow Jesus, that you, you've you worked in ministry, you know, in music and whatnot. How has that helped you? You know, and very practically, because, you know, for me even too, it's it's not been perfect. Even though I've been a follower of Jesus, you know, I've gone through a divorce and I've had broken relationships even in that. right? So, you know, that's not kind of like that, that's it and everything will be fine, <laughs> but... Real realistically and practically because people are going you know in a marriage I'm a Christian or and it's not really working it, it, yeah. it should be
1: well that's that's the thing a lot of our a lot of our friends that we talk about that are no longer together anymore we're not people that didn't love Jesus mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and and we often have heard well it should be different in the church if G- yeah, maybe. But unfortunately, you're dealing with two humans yeah. and and issues and things, and it's, it's not that simple. For us, the thing that I have loved more than anything is, A, I believe we were on the same page for most things. But here's the biggest thing. She respected my opinion and my faith, and I respected her opinion and her faith. And so we didn't... Re- I mean, she was... I I would suggest she was wiser on some parenting issues than I was. She had a different upbringing. She had a father who was a counselor. And so... I was able to step back a little bit and say, I, th- "I think they may be onto something that I need to. I mean, I need to listen to." But then she would also listen back, and I, I think if there's not this, and if it's not rooted in something that we both agree on, first of all, our faith was fairly similar, nice. so we would be sitting down having a coffee. Mm-hmm. What do we do? Our baseline was pretty similar. That's a huge deal. But that alone won't solve anything if you can't grow with that. So I I really think there was a baseline that we both had an understanding that we wanted to serve Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so now what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And as much as I think I wanted to be right and she wanted to be right, we did start to listen to each other. And I would default often because I thought she was wiser in that area. Mm -hmm. It all comes when you start getting arrogant and you start getting certain that your way is right, it almost never works out right, even if you're right. Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Yeah. Right? And I've been happy and I've been right (laughs) for 40 years, for 30 years. (laughs) But I I think the second you dig your heels in and you don't think you can learn from your spouse Mm -hmm. and you can learn from their faith and their journey, that's. That's a real, that's a deal breaker in a lot of areas. Yeah. And I think one of the things we've been good at is realizing that there's times when I have a clue, and most of the time she has a clue, and we can talk about that. But that that baseline, I couldn't imagine growing up, you know, bringing up our kids, and trying to make some of the decisions we made if she was on a completely different faith journey than I was. Yeah. Um, so even though the desire to follow Jesus doesn't solidify everything, if that's not there, mm-hmm. wow! I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure exactly how we would have handled some of those issues. I just think it would have yeah. been way too tough. Yeah,
0: that's good. What are your thoughts about that?
2: I, I think we we do have a, a definite advantage because we've shared a very similar, you know, faith path. Even the, the last decade or so, we've been on a, a journey together, but. It's very similar. So I, as Kevin said, I don't know how we would handle it. And I, we've often talked about feeling for other couples that really come at the faith issue from different places because mm-hmm. I think that would bring a yeah. whole other level of, yeah. of challenge. Um, faith conversations are a big part of our relationship and mm-hmm. always have been. We love to, say, watch a teaching or listen to a teaching together, and then we can talk about it together for like a couple of hours and just love sharing that Mm -hmm. and i think we did that during our child rearing years as well Mm -hmm. um i almost think of it like we've had a running commentary kind of with our kids about everything we we've talked very openly not just about you know the highlights but kind of reality and what's going on and struggles Mm -hmm. i don't feel like we've ever hidden those things, you know, whether in, from a faith perspective or relationally from the kids, I think we tried to use them as teaching opportunities and and really have faith be a part of, you know, who we are, yeah. not
0: this compartmentalized. Yeah, you know, that's we'll actually go to good. Sunday, right. yeah. that's faith, I, like, to church on Sunday. Right. Because that's not faith, just going to church on Sunday and mm-hmm. then not living it out.
1: Day-to-day. They knew knew the good, bad, and the ugly of serving Jesus. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And you say, well, there's no ugly in serving Jesus. Well, you know what? Faith is messy at times. And and if you do compartmentalize, and I know a lot of our friends – their, their kids would say stuff. And I, I don't mean just our, our close friends. I'm talking about just people that we've grown up with, mm-hmm. people within the church. We would have their kids talk to our kids, and they would realize that Sunday was different than Monday to Saturday. Mm-hmm. And they, they the conversations that would happen around the table on Sunday generally didn't happen the rest of the week. And, and I needed our kids to know that everything on Monday morning was just as important as it was on Sunday when we were going to church. And that when we had to decide whether we were going to spend money here or there, there's, there was a, a, a faith element to every decision in our, in our lives. Yeah. It was our marriage was wrapped around our faith, our, our upbringing, whether we move here, whether I do this. Our, our jobs were often, you know, somehow associated with ministry. Everything in our world wrapped around what would Jesus do? How do we handle this? What do we, And we let them know. And, and that to me was something that became real. It wasn't this faith and life. Yeah. It was intermingled. You yeah, cannot integrated. take yeah. you cannot take the faith journey and the following of Jesus and compartmentalize it and make it over here and not over here. It is everything. It's the only thing that matters. And until the kids grasp that yeah. And I think that's what has helped us in our marriage, yeah. in our kids. They knew this wasn't a game, this wasn't a good idea. Mm-hmm. This was everything to us.
0: Yeah. So. That's good. A couple is thinking about getting married, young, starting up. Best advice, nice and quick, that you would give them as they start. A tip hmm. and we'll go through a bit of the next season. So wow. they come to you and they say, you know, Kevin, Wendy, you're coming up to thirty years we're about to get married. Mm-hmm. What's the best advice you can give us?
1: You can be happy if you want to be.
0: Okay.
1: It's a choice every single day. I, I literally prayed this every day for the for many, many years. God, help me love Wendy more today than I did yesterday. It. It's a decision. Every single day is a decision. That's, it's huge. Amazing. Wendy, what
2: were you? Two quick things. Uh, one, uh, I encourage couples to date. Don't don't stop dating when you get married. Yeah. Date. Uh, date even when your kids are small. Like, find a way. You mm-hmm. know, it, even if it's a stay-at-home, put the kids in bed and have a date because mm-hmm. of what we talked about yeah. earlier, right? Yeah. Making sure that you always invest in the relationship and I think managing expectations Mm, right from the get go. So I think there I had an advantage because my dad was a marriage and family therapist. Mm -hmm. So I expected we would disagree, fight even, and it didn't throw me off. And recognizing that Kevin could not meet all of my needs. Whereas if I went into the marriage expecting that he would meet all of my needs, and I know this is an expectation some couples hold, yeah. they think he will make me happy. Yeah. That's not true. That you complete me. Yes, and you're. I like, mean, I do, no. but. You know. <laughs> it is false. You need to have uh, emotional needs met yeah. from you know friends, friends. and other yeah, your girlfriends, other things Absolutely. you do. Absolutely. Right? So yeah. I think you know managing expectations and really investing in the relationship.
0: Those are good, so three things. You know, you can be happy, but there's a choice to be other-centered and to think of the other person and how you can meet their needs and make them, them, happy, them happy. And if you do it the same way, then you're both happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Second, I love that date. That's good. Because I think in seasons it gets busy, young kids, small kids, angsty teenager kids mm-hmm. or step kids <laughs> and you can get so wrapped up in that. Then then career and work and all these things come up and then taking care of your elderly parents. Like look at all the things that we are confronted with mm-hmm. and you can forget and get lost in, in all of that yeah. and forget about relationships. So I love that. Yeah. That's very intentional. And then the third, I love the managed expectations. I think on both sides. I was about to say, mm-hmm. it seems like more for women, but men have it too. They have an expectation of how the woman should be in the home, right. their role yeah. and the expectations mm-hmm. of roles and you know, Guys
1: need to learn to cook.
0: And, you know, exactly. That's, I think that's really and those that's are great. three really good things. That's really yeah. helpful. And I think I need to, Remember that too for even my marriage because at any time in your marriage those are three great tips. Yes.
2: Yeah.
0: Thank you. That went way too fast. <laughs> There's as so always, many. You guys right? are gonna have to come back and, and talk about sort of the next thirty. Mm. You can tell me how your thirty went. <laughs> right. Right. Because you still right. will be here. Because we, we have a few
1: good. months to get yeah, there, okay. but it's good. It's good. Good.
0: Good. You'll be here. But thanks again. I love your thoughts and I know that they'll be so helpful to my listeners and viewers on the show. for having us Well, that's all the time we have this week, and hopefully you liked it. I know I'd hit that thumbs up button if I were you. You can also leave a rating on Apple Podcasts, and it helps the show reach way more people. You don't have to give the show five stars, but it's strongly encouraged.